right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first uh, episode of the Tickle Me Comedy Club uh, podcast. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Uh, I am Isaac Israel, and I am one of your hosts, and this is... Hi, I'm Dylan Dillagap. I'll be your other host. We'll be co-hosting this great podcast. <laughs> and and uh, we have, uh, as our guest today, Mr. Stephen Farrell. Hi, I got out of bed for this. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. <laughs> So Stephen, uh, he used to uh, open for Sam Kinison and Robin Williams. Yes. He's worked the improv. All the I dead mean, guys. I mean, the Grover Cleveland, <laughs> James Knox Polk, all name them. Clark and McCullough, I open for all the dead guys. Yes, they, they love me. If there's a dead guy, get Pearl to open for him. There you go. There I was the go. formaldehyde funny guy. So, formaldehyde. <laughs> um, so this uh, podcast is uh, brought to you by the Blue Zone Comedy Tour. And uh, we're at the Cutting board uh, gastro pub right now, um, doing our first podcast. So yeah, if you're ever in Las Vegas, come to the Cutting Board. They have great uh, Filipino gastro food. It's awesome. Nothing like it. Mm. Nothing like it. Mm. <laughs> Try the beagles and locks <laughs> and the cauliflower. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, for for our first podcast, you know, it, it we're right smack at the um, at the time when Vegas is opening up. Right now, it's uh, June 4th and the casinos are opening up and so we wanted to talk about actually we want to talk to you about you know how you know how you how you felt with um, with uh, with the uh, uh, being in you know being indoors and and everything that's happening right now in the world house arrest it's I've insane yeah arrest. I'm 64 and I've been grounded it's a lot of fun so you know they don't you leave the house now so it's, you just got to deal with it it's, it's it's horrible but uh I've never seen anything like this in my whole born days on the planet you know I missed the whole smallpox thing in the 30s that's swinging time so yeah. um, <laughs> uh it's just weird to stay in and wear a mask and you can't go and everything's closed and seeing like New York City deserted it's like that old movie with the Harry Belafonte, The World of Flesh and the Devil, where the bomb kills everyone except him and two other people. And, uh, you know, to see Vegas dark is just so weird. And you can't go out and see your friends and you can't do shows and you go and climb in the walls. You know, for me, thank God for the weed, the internet, and my cats. You know, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> have you have you been able to talk to the other comedians? Or? Yeah, oh no, I'm in touch with everybody okay. on Facebook and telephone. You know, we do have telephone and telegraph, you know. We didn't cut <laughs> down the communication. Get a little seek at the telegraph statement. Jimmy Schubert's coming to town, hey? So, uh, you know, no, I, I, yeah, I've been in touch with people. Just, yeah, but, but, and I've, so I've seen did, friends. How, I've gone to friends' house uh -huh. for dinner and say, fuck, yeah. screw the virus, man. I got, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be a hermit. So yeah. uh, I've been going and seeing friends and, and not every night, but, you know, I, most people are staying in most nights. So, uh, so have I been, uh, except yeah. for a few nights, but uh, yeah, you just got to deal with it. So, so uh, how are they take, how are you, you know, the comedians that you've talked to, how are they taking it? All? They're climbing the walls. They're cutting their own hair. Yeah. You know, Where's the number right. four bowl? You know, so it's, 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 they're just, they're, they're everyone's going crazy. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now, now the people are starting to come out, and then the, the the marches and the riots are happening. You know what? Sure. What better time? People people are letting off steam. They've been inside for three months, you know, yeah. and then you let them outside when yeah. it's really hot. You yeah. know, the best riots occur in the summertime, man. You right. know, so uh, I, I mean, and, and all of a sudden, like nobody's wearing a face mask. Yeah, I <laughs> what 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 virus? Yeah, right. So right. Uh, and, and, and like with all the looting and everything, I you know at first I you know I'm talking to the other comedians, and at first I thought it was really bad that they're looting, right? But then I found out that they're like going into Louis Vuitton, and yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe right, I should right, be right, one of the right. looters. You know, I got a sister yeah. and a mother. I should give a three thousand dollar purse to. I'm wondering if, if you loot the ninety nine cent store, does it count as a misdemeanor? So, uh, <laughs> the entire ninety nine cent. It was burned to the ground over $42 worth of damage. Manager swears, we will rebuild it. 
So, but uh, yeah, it's just been crazy out there. So, you know, and I've, I've, I've lived through a few riots in my life. I remember uh, 92 wasn't so long ago. And I, I remember the one in 65, you know, when I was a little kid. But uh, and I guess every 30 years, people got to blow some so, steam. So, yeah. <laughs> Three so, decades. How does this compare to those riots? Better technology. So you, know, you, can, you have Wi-Fi during this riot. You, know, you can keep yeah. in touch with your friend down the block who just got a skull bash bin. So, how you doing? Want me to get an ambulance? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it's just a better technology, but the same old same old rocks flying. So, yeah. it's just yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just don't understand the loot. A lot of people want to loot just for just to do it. You know, let's say hey, there's peaceful protesters. Let's riot. But, well, I understand with Rodney King because the guys got off. We beat him. But this time, these guys got caught. There has been justice. All four guys are going to jail. Yeah. And I would bet my bottom dollar that the main guy, what's his name? The guy with the foot on the guy's neck. Uh, 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 Chauvin. Chauvin. Uh, Chauvin. Yeah, Chauvin. Yeah, Derek Chauvin. I bet yeah, that guy sure. ends up like Jeffrey Epstein. That will, oh, yeah. You know, it's been uh, years and then he yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. There's a suicide. His hands were tied behind his back. Who gives a shit? It's a suicide. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good enough for me. No one's going to care. But, you yeah. know, they, they want this guy. They want this guy out of the picture. So uh, oh, yeah. justice is being done. It's, it's horrible what happened, but justice is being done. These guys did not get off. They are not getting off. Yeah. They're going to be... Uh, you know, they're going to be somebody's booty bandits going to, you know, yeah, yeah. somebody's property soon in the, in the joint. They don't like uh, crooked cops in the joint. The cops don't like them and the prisoners don't like them. So these guys are screwed with a capital F. Yeah. So, uh, you know, wife, just his wife left, his wife him, left him for divorce. Yeah, he's yeah. his wife. Like the well. next day. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm out of here, man. So, uh, yeah. So I just, just remember, folks, justice is being done in this case. These guys are going away, yeah. hopefully for a very long time. Their lives are over, so you know, remember that. Well, I, I think that the, the issue is going to be that it's going to take a long time. They have to, the prosecution has to oh, sure. verify every single detail. They need to make it bulletproof. Because yeah. you know what happened with, with uh, O.J. Simpson? Oh, yeah. Johnny Cochran got him off. Yeah. If it don't fit, you must yeah. have quit, right? Yeah. So there, there, there can't be any loopholes. The guy... Oh yeah, I think they make sure there won't be. So they they got to because this. I think it's going to cause. I think it's going to cause a lot of consternation because it's taking so long. Uh You can't just you can't just say boom hatchet. Yeah, you're guilty. Yeah, they have to actually prove it. I I doubt whether, I doubt whether they won't be able to prove it. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think uh, the guys. guys, (laughs) 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 Yo, Derek, you're right. Oh, oh, gosh. You're blue, buddy. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have gone to the bathroom. We're supposed to be watching them, Luke. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the, here's the million-dollar question. So was it uh, – so were the protests or, or the, the, the violence – okay, I guess it, these are all different things. Was the protest justified? Was the looting justified? Was the violence justified? They have, they, people feel like there has to be some sort of revolution to – like uh, what they believe is uh, uh, systemic issues uh-huh. in the U.S. So that's the million dollar question. I think the, uh, the the protest is definitely justified. You know, enough, man. You know, enough already uh-huh. this already. So uh, uh, I'm not, I don't support violence. And you yeah. know, I just don't, I just don't support it. Just like, uh, you know, I, I've been in a lot of marches during the Vietnam era against the war. So, and they were mostly peaceful. And uh, yes. once things are flying, I'm getting out of here, man. It's, you, uh, you just gotta watch. It's also know, instigators who join this thing. I'm gonna start, you know. I think we're all in agreement that to protest, that's your that's your God given. Oh, right. without a doubt. 
but you can't you can't turn it into violence. No. And I think I think a lot of it is mom mentality. You got a few people that are sure, advocating, sure. And then oh, everybody's looting. Yes. I better loot. Somebody too. snaps and it yeah. just spreads. Yeah. You know? It's like laughter. It spreads except it's well, not the opposite of laughter. <laughs> we want yeah, laughter to I've spread. Heard. We don't want diseases and rioting to spread. No, yeah. no, not in our yes. <laughs> But yeah, this just this, this this bad energy happens, and then it catches on. And, and then the other up. thing I learned in Boy Scouts and. Um, that you don't poop in your mess kit, meaning yeah. that you don't burn down the yeah, this yeah. is in your own neighborhood. I, 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 a lot of riots, a lot of protests, a lot of rioting. That happens. Everybody tears down their own neighborhood. Yeah, I, I don't well, understand like that. that. I mean, where's the government in all this? The city, state, federal. I mean, they're supposed to protect these businesses. I mean, they're supposed to protect for life and liberty. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, ask them, brother. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, they're terrified. Right. They're terrified to do anything because they're so scrutinized. If they if they if they make a wrong move, everybody's videotaping it with cell phones. Oh cameras. yeah. You know what I hate? You know what I hate when the politicians go. You know now we have to do a listening tour. We have to do a listening yeah. tour. We have to go to these yeah. different places and just listen to the people. Dialogue. Yeah. Like they're not dialogue. doing. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Like what? Nobody's you know, doing anything. What are you talking about a listening set tour? Set up a thirty-man <laughs> committee to sit around and give government cheese away. We don't know what's going on. So. I, I can have a listening tour at an open mic. That's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I was listening to well, the I'm news up there, on the way over here. But I was listening to the news on the way over here. And there's a big move afoot to defund the police. I heard now, about that. That's not good. They can make a <laughs> purge for the new movie, yeah. the sequel. We're going to take the weapons away. Defund the police, meaning that the, the police would have to raise their own money for their no, own police there departments? Would be police. There would not be any police. Oh, lovely. Oh, well, that'd be fun. TV sale. Come on. Five figure discount, guys. Come on, let's go. Go to Swipe and Dash. Go to the Babies R Us. Babies R Us, man. Yeah, oh like, god, it's just yeah. I don't know. World's been world world's been batshit crazy since I can remember. So it's just more no, batshit crazy. I don't, I, I don't see it that way. Really? I, I see it as in the last few years, it's gotten really bizarre, yeah. and at some point, it's got to we've got to fix this whole thing. Yeah, I, don't I, ask me how. I don't know. I don't but, know. Uh, you know, just things. Yeah, things were fine when I moved out here a year and a half ago, two years ago. Everything's fine. Everybody's working. On, so you can't go outside. You can't do anything. Now there's deadly hornets with knives coming to get you. <laughs> my, my my friend Christopher Titus, a comedian, he has he's got a whole routine about how to fix this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Arm the children. There you go. They'll take care of it. <laughs> Give it to them. Give it yeah, to them. Absolutely. Give them the guns. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, I, I, I want to ask you, Steve. Yeah. What, what's the uh, what's in your mind? What do you think is the ideal situation for comedians like? If if we could if we could make the comedians happy right now mm-hmm. in this situation, like what's happening with the pandemic and the, and the uh, protesting, what's that, the idea? What would be ideal for comics? Open the damn clubs and let us go on and bring an audience in. If they want to wear masks, let them wear masks. They don't want to wear masks. Who gives that shit? Let's just start getting back to normal and doing shows, man. Damn. I've been running around. I'm hardly wearing a mask. I haven't gotten sick. I'm not a young guy, man. Enough of this. You know, they're saying it's fadist. Let us get back to what we want to do, man. Right. You know, I don't sit down with a mask till like eight years until somebody and you know, like, well, you think it's safe now, eight years <laughs> later. We don't know. I have a degree and I don't understand it. I <laughs> well, just think we should I, I just get let's get back to normal, abnormal, whatever it is, man. You know, let's open the tickle me club. Let's go back yeah, to the you know, all the other it. clubs, man. The yeah. laugh factory and Brad Garrett's room and all the others. Let's get out there, man. Let's have yeah. fun. So I, I think we're on our way to do that. I yeah. today the uh, local casino by my house opened up, mm-hmm. and so I, I stopped in for lunch and to, to play some pennies. Uh-huh. 
I didn't see any changes other than they had some social distancing. They'd removed some chairs. Yeah. But there were none of the, the plexiglass um, uh, barriers that yeah. they've been talking about. I don't think six feet away is going to do anything. It still smelled like cigarettes. There you go. Got those so good old I, days. <laughs> I thought, first thing I thought is, all right, I'm yeah. home. I'm home, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just let's, let's, let's just get back to normal. It's been three months enough. So that could be. People start dropping dead again. Oops, we were wrong. Oops. Okay, <laughs> go back to the house. Yeah, I don't think. I, do you think if it if it spikes again, do you think that they'll shut down the economy again? Probably. Do you really? Yeah. What do I know? I'm, what does, I don't. doesn't say Crescent on my head, but I it's just a guess. I don't know. So, you know, yeah, if people start like turning up dead again because of this thing, uh, you know. Then they so what happens, Stephen? What happens to comedians when they haven't performed for two and a half, three, three and a half, four months? I mean. What happens to their performance on stage? What happens to their set? Like, what happens to them? Oh, man, I'm ready to go on a seven-state chin-kicking spree. I'm so angry right now. But uh-huh. uh, I don't know what I, I'm going to be out of practice I, the first yeah, so, so dozen times I've ever on stage. Yeah. yeah. And I want to do new stuff, too, which I have. I've been writing yeah. a little bit. But uh, we're just going to have to just get through that messy period and just, you know, get back into it. That's all. You know, have been, right. you know, they don't really forget how to ride a bicycle. You might be a little shaky once you get on one for a while, but uh, you'll pick it up real quick. So, yeah. you know, we just got to get up there and be shaky. And just uh, if we will be, you know, we, we might get up there and start kicking ass again. Who knows? Because right, right. we missed it so much, you know. Yep. It's like a, a starving man who hasn't eaten in a while. Then you give him a big Subway sandwich. Oh, all right. I don't know how to eat this, man. So, uh, well, you know, it'll it'll come together. It'll fall it'll fall into place. I don't know if it'll be quickly or a little slower, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. You know, once we, once we can practice our little craft again. If, if, if Sam Kinison were alive, what would he say during this time? What the fuck is with these fucking germs? <laughs> he wouldn't be happy. He probably wouldn't. I don't think he would have put a mask on. How about how, how the hell am I going to snort with this thing over my nose? <laughs> how about uh, what would Robin Williams have said? Oh my God, I don't know. Everyone's dropping dead all over the place. I don't know. They're like, oh, it's like they're showing Hello Larry again. Everybody's falling asleep here. I don't know what I don't know what I have no idea what he'd say. You have to ask him. You know? Yeah, yeah. What would it be like if Magellan was back? Let's explore lands where there were no germs. I don't I think, know what anyone would say. I think Robin Williams would say something to the effect of, "Yeah, the virus—it's only killing the weak ones." <laughs> no, he was too kind for that. Oh, oh Kennison yeah. might say that. Oh, it's, just say it's just killing the weak ones. Yeah, oh, the weak oh. ones. So we do have uh, Tickle Me Comedy Club opening up on yes. Thursday, yes. Uh, uh, July second. Yes. Um, unless something, you know, unforeseen happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to have I'm you ready. on that show. I'm Steven. looking forward to July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Tickle me inside the uh, the Eclipse Theater, folks. Yes. Are we going to the third floor or the second floor? The third floor. The third floor. The, third floor. the big one, baby. The professional floor. <laughs> the attic. The attic, baby. That's where all the really the rocking comedy happens in the, the third attic. floor, the, the, the Eclipse is the attic. It's the attic, cool. baby. It's, um, if, if you ever get a chance to come to see the show, it is a great venue. We have a lot of fun. We have some good comedians. We have a lot of fun. The comedians kick we, ass. The crowds are fun. Yeah, uh, we are on all social media uh, platforms. And so, you know, you could see, uh, so you could find out more information about Stephen Pearl there. And, you know, we talk about him there and everything. We have a, we have a blog about him. So uh, you get more information about our shows there. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. We, we'll be back stronger than ever, baby. Stronger July than 2nd, ever. July 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Yep. There's going to be some fireworks on the 4th inside, inside the Tickle Me Club. Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so we um we want to um switch gears a little bit and okay. get less political right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, Thank God. One of the topics that uh, uh, our team was thinking about, asked us to talk about was online dating. Okay. Online dating. So um, 
I mean, what's your experience with it? We did it together. His girl had teeth. Mine had an immune system. It worked out pretty well. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never, I've never online dated. I, I have a wife, and she lives in another state, but we're still kind of together. So, uh, no, I have not online dated. I know nothing about it. How about you, Jack? Um, no, I had a friend that tried to tell me how to do it, but oh my God, I can't do that. It's um. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I found a nice lady, uh -huh. and I don't need to do that online. And you did the old-fashioned way. I did it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Picked her up at the Goodwill. There you go. Hey, honey, let me buy you those sweatpants. Come on, sky's the limit. Yeah, I got one of you. Pull it out. Good story. Yeah, guys, I I saw her there, and she was working. She works at the Goodwill, and so I gave her my card, my comedy card. Said, Hey, I'm a comedian. You should come see me. She goes. Took took her three months to say okay. And then we've been together ever since. There you so, go. It's an online dating thing. I, I was terrified. My friend told me that that rejection, that was the thing I couldn't understand. You know, somebody, you might communicate with somebody once or twice, and then all of a sudden they never communicate with you yeah. again. And to me, that's rejection. And that would be a hard thing for yeah. me to understand. Getting rejected by someone you haven't met either. That's I know. Pretty, that's the worst part. I don't even know you. I don't even know you, but I don't like you. Get away from you. See, it, I don't like the way you type, man. On online dating, there is there definitely is a science mm -hmm. to it. You know, like the pictures and the videos and the text that yeah. you put there. And you know, originally when I uh, tried it, you know, I just wanted to see if I could meet women that had a sense of humor. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, in my profile, one of the first things I put was, you know, I used to sell cocaine to the elderly, uh -huh. but I had to stop because business was dying. Right? So, so, so I like, I like taking long walks on, you know, Martin Luther King Boulevard. Yeah. I like, uh, you know, I like just stupid stuff. You know, I like, um, I don't know. Did I, it work? So, so interestingly enough, I did I meet, yeah, no, I did meet some, I did meet a, a few women that were like, "What is this profile about?" You know, <laughs> and so and so, you know, and then we, we got to meet in you know interesting conversations. You know? uh -huh. Sometimes I, it works. Yeah. I couldn't do that. There's nothing to, to me. There's nothing better than a pickup line. Oh like yeah. Maybe the heavens are in mourning right now because one of their stars fell from it. Yeah. You know, it's some corny pickup. Yeah, line. I like don't thing. scream. Try yeah. it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Does this smell like ether? <laughs> You know, um, Facebook has a dating app and it's free. Did oh, you know really? That? Oh, like, my God. You go on your Facebook, there's a heart there, you click on it, and it's, uh -huh. like, it's a dating app. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there's a uh, dating app on Facebook, and then there's uh, Tinder, you know. Oh, I've heard about Tinder. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Wanted, meth had this. And then there's Bumble, right? Uh -huh. so, so here's the story I heard about Tinder. So in Tinder, there are three founders, right? And it's two guys and a girl. And the one guy start, was dating the one girl, right? And things didn't work out. Uh -huh. So they broke up. And then the two guys kind of like kicked her out of the company. Uh, oh, right? man. So she like... left. And then she sued the two guys. Uh -huh. One, uh -huh. right? So she sued Tinder. One. Took the money and, and started Bumble. Oh, smart girl, smart girl. And, and, now, and now with Bumble. I go out with her. <laughs> and now with Bumble, like, so you see, okay, so you see each other, but she has to talk to you first uh -huh. before you can talk to oh, her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she, so she starts the conversation off. That'll work. Yeah, I can't wait. Picture me like the deafness is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Merle. I haven't blinked since August. Yeah, like a big girl. 
Crazy. Yeah. Yikes, bumble, no, bumble, scary, scary, scary. I couldn't do that online dating thing. No, nah, man, you don't know who you're going to meet. It's crazy, huh? Oh, yeah. Wake up, you can meet an angel, or you can meet someone you wake up and they're carving their initials on your wrist. I just wanted you to remember me. Ah. So um, I think, you know, there's some guys that like that like to, like, like wear, like have no shirt on when they're like in these pictures and uh, stuff like that. And I asked some girls about that if they like that. And girls, they're, they're, like the girls I talked to said, no, they like, Guys that are like wearing suits that look like uh, they have a yeah. job, you know, yeah, they're carrying a suitcase, you yeah. know, with a 401k. How do I look? Like so, <laughs> so my niece has been doing a lot of online dating. She she was married for almost 30 years and then got a divorce. So she got into this online dating thing after a couple of years of feeling bad, bad self-esteem. Uh-huh. And now, oh my God, she's got all these hundreds of people contacting uh-huh. her all the time on Tinder and Bumble and uh-huh. all this stuff. And so... It's, I, I'm an older guy and I don't know how to accept this, but she's older too. She's 56. So, and she's dating. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. You know, well, well, well. It's not like Chris Hansen's coming over and waiting to meet the date. Well, so. the opposite thing. Oh, All the guys that she's dating are, are in their 30s and below. Oh, and they, they just seem oh, yeah. to attract to her like, like a magnet. Mm-hmm. But she, we got into a conversation the other day that, that they send her pictures of their junk, of their dick. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh my God! How would you ever do that? I don't. Huh. I don't understand. So what I've been doing is once a bit, once a week I send her a picture of Dick, Dick York, mm-hmm. Dick Sargent. Oh, there you go, Dick Cheney. Dick, Dick Cheney. Cheney. Dick Nixon. I don't even put the name on there. One. I just I just say, and she has to figure out who it is. So ah, perfect. Those are my special dick. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. But, sense oh, to me. but she is having quite a time. I mean, I guess one of these apps. Tell me, tell me, Isaac. Uh-huh. It, it follows you. It, it uh, broadcasts your location, and all these people that are on it can see where your location is, and they can communicate with you. Oh, oh I can't wait. Oh, what, you, what apartment number you're in? Sammy, do you know which which app that is that broadcasts your location? The Stalker app. What? All of them do? Yeah. They broadcast your location? Yeah. Sammy, our expert. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, okay. So, so like, if you have Bumble, and, and so they'll tell you you're in Bumble, Vegas, and where in Vegas you are, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so but they, they won't they won't tell you that we're in cutting board right now no. in Las Vegas. No, it's just, no. Say, just Las where, Vegas. right? So mm-hmm. she comes. This first time I did this is, I mean, first time I saw this, she come a few months ago to my house, and she goes, "Look at this, Uncle Jack, Uncle, Uncle Dylan." Um, she had like 50, 50 requests for communication, and she'd only been there. Very for popular, like very popular. So what's her secret? Did she tell you? Uh, I'm not asking. <laughs> you don't want to know. That's my niece. I'm not asking. Yikes! Yeah, I give you too much info. <laughs> but uh, apparently, she's having she's having a blast. Hey, just just be careful. That's cool. I know, right? Yeah. Um, another thing, um, our team said that we should uh, talk about is like what's going on in the world financially right now. Oh like, yeah. The stock market's going up and down, and you know. I know nothing about. It. I'm broke all the time, so the economy's doing great. I don't know. <laughs> My bills are getting paid. You know, if I need a dollar, there's a dollar there. So you know, I got it. I don't understand the economy. I don't understand the economy. I don't understand healthcare. I don't understand politics. I don't understand nothing. And I like it that way. Keep it that way. Yeah, keep it that way. So I, uh, I can respond to that. Okay. So uh, the portfolio that I had, the oper- operative word is had. So it started off. It was a 401k. And now I talked to my advisor the other day. It's now a 201k. Ah, there you go. Okay. But the interesting part about that whole thing is I'm out of money, but he's driving a brand new Mercedes. There you go. Yes. Knows how to invest your money. <laughs> financial advisor. SEC on that one. Right? Yeah, I know. I think financial advisor is Latin for crook. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, um, 
Yeah, but like right now, it like like four days in a row, it was uh, it was doing really well. And not it, today, you know, not today, but yeah, four days before it was. Yeah, you know, yeah. You think with the high unemployment is so high and everything, so nobody's been able to do anything for the last three months. You know, unless they work from home or something. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of what to invest in now that we're on our way back to recovery. Mm-hmm. Bullets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I heard on the news today that in this one one town back east somewhere. The gun sales were up like 300. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you have a gun shop, you're doing all right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. People ready to ready for action. But I think uh, in talk about finance, so we got to figure out what to invest in that's going to make a lot of money during the recovery. I think yeah. that's, that, that would be very wise. Too. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Yeah, I'm so. always getting tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> invest in Q-tips. They're going yeah. up. Yes. <laughs> automated Q-tips. Don't miss it. <laughs> so, <And> whiskey. <laughs> So, uh, Stephen, um, yes. is there, okay, so during this whole time, is there uh, a funny story or anything like you'd like to share with us that happened to you? That, uh, no. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing, I stayed in. Uh, you know, uh-huh. My Wi-Fi was working. Uh, there uh-huh. was food where I needed it. Uh, Did you luckily, travel at all? Luckily, or? over the decades, I've been stealing toilet paper from hotels, so during the shortage, I was not affected. <laughs> In fact, I was going to schoolyards and selling toilet paper. I got it from Vancouver. I got it from Japan. I got it from Montana. Check out Montana. It's soft and good. I got toilet paper from everywhere. Vermont, little syrupy, but check it out. Oh, what was the oh, question? Geez. I what the question was. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, what, what was the question? Uh, like any kind of any story you'd like to share? Not a thing, like man. Just uh, just uh, gonna just stay okay, there. Okay, okay. So here's a better question. So tell me your best comedy story of when you were on the road or you were performing on stage or you were with some com- best comedy. Yeah, story. or you were with some comedians or like a cool story that you had with uh, Sam had, Kinison or Robin Williams. Or I had whatever. sisters in uh, in Saskatchewan. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what, I'm not talking about that. They, they were twins too. Um, <laughs> I remember, oh God, I don't know. This is like, boom, give us a story. There's somebody up. Um, I remember Kennison trying to get me to help him throw furniture out the window at the Cresto place, which is all the comics stayed and used to live. He was having a tantrum. Run up with the couch. No, no, big boy. Help yourself with the couch. They made the Cresto place. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Mitzi, who owned the comedy store, Mitzi Shore had a, uh, a house, a big mansion up on the hill okay. right behind the comedy store. A lot of the comics would live or stay or throw up or, you know, just like camp yeah, out yeah. or whatever. So uh, you go there just about any night. There's like a major party going on, especially yeah. when Sam was around. So I went there one night and I heard yelling. Come on, help me throw this chair out. Help me with the couch. Help me with the couch. Fuck this shit. He was uh, mad at one of the comedians who uh, wasn't giving him the attention he wanted. So he wanted to get attention by throwing furniture out the window. And uh, can you yeah. say who it was? It was it was Sam. No, no. Can you say who the comedian was? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> She's still alive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. She's a good person. I'm still in touch with her. Oh, but nice. uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, help me with the couch. Help me with the couch. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna help me with the couch. I had a hernia operated on 1980. I'm not gonna have another one. So this is your attention. That's a nice. good way to impress a lady. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't throw her out the window. Come on, I man. threw a couch out. See the that window. couch out the window? I did that. Oh. And uh, yeah, smile. There were some wild times. Me and Robin used to go pick up ladies together. So and I usually got the better lady. In San Francisco. Out. Yeah. Okay. So you know, right after the show, oh, there's some girls there. Where would you Where would you go? They come. They They'd be at the club, or we go somewhere, a little bar or something after the show or something. And, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. So it was fun. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't need him to do it, so. <laughs> but uh, he was there too, so it was wow. a lot of fun. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. What um, stories? I don't know. Just. Uh, uh, 9-11 was interesting. I was in Canada then. I had a gig that night and I had to drive six hours by myself to the gig on 9-11. 
And uh, wow. yeah, and I, you know, I woke up in the morning and I turn on TV in Calgary at the hotel and I see the planes hit the village. Oh, motherfucker, what's this? Uh, World War Three. Yeah. And I had to go and pick up a rent a car at a nearby hotel to drive to this gig. And there were already people, like 200 people in the lobby because planes were being landed, you know, wherever uh -huh. they were. So people didn't know there was a plane to New York had to land in Edmonton or Calgary, excuse me. And they didn't know what's, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And through the whole drive, I'm listening to the radio. It's like the Twilight Zone, yeah? Yeah. And it's a horrible gig. Nobody liked to do this gig. It was in Fairview with this like uh -huh. vomit stained, alcoholic, just, you know, these That's people. Cheap. This is a little brief spot of a town in the middle of nowhere. Uh -huh. and nobody liked being there, but it paid well. So we did it. So. Uh, and I went out, I had like the best set I ever had in my life. My whole set was, these motherfuckers bombing my, my, my city. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're with you. That was my whole set. So, uh, <laughs> I was the only guy who had a good set in Fairview. But that was, that was just weird. I'm trying to get wow. like, the sets over. I'm trying to call people in New York. And, you like, can't, I couldn't right? get you through. Can't, and they yeah. did it. They're alive. So that was just a weird, that was like a Twilight Zone day, man. Especially just driving myself. To the Canadian countryside, just by you know, just listen to the shit on the radio. And the buildings are down, and people are going. Just whoa, you know. So that was that was pretty uh, surreal. How about going across the border? Was that a problem? Um, no, I never had a problem. I just you know, vacuumed all my pockets and vacuumed all the luggage. And they were usually cool. Once in a while, you get some assholes. Let me look through that. Let me see your cuffs and your pants. After 9 11, they, they didn't increase security and, and do extra checks or anything? Nah, man. I, I got to, when I was going home after 9 11, like three weeks after, when the tour was over, I got to the airport four hours early because I just want to make sure because it's going to be nuts, man. We're going across the border. There's nothing. I could have had an axe in my suitcase. It would have got through. All right, go ahead. So I could have gone right there. Yeah, nobody's wow. blowing us up on this side. Hey, it's your problem. Hey. It's Canada. Hey, it's Canada. Hey, nobody does. We don't have 9-11. We have like 10-12 when the guy, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, he's you know? watering down the drinks at the bar a little bit. That was our disaster, eh? He was molesting the, the elk, <laughs> the moose. Oh, leave the moose alone. They'll get you, you know. You can, you can go for the ram. Get the ram from behind, you know. You don't go, you go prison shower on him, eh? But, you know, that's, uh, that's how you get the girls from Saskatoon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the girls from Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. She, my girlfriend had Moose Jaw. <laughs> so, so Dylan, do you have a, a comedy story? Uh, comedy story. Oh, my first comedy, my first performance. I, uh, I, I wanted to be a comic. Well, I've always been funny all my life, and uh, so, like in school, I was the cut up, the class cut up all the time. And so, I don't know how I ever got through school. They probably kicked me out just to get rid of me. Kicked upstairs, okay. Yeah, go, go, go. Okay. Yeah. Peter Principal, full blossom. So, um, I got a book because that's what you do when you want to be some, when you want a new career, you get a book for yeah, dummies. How to, yeah. How to be a comic for dummies. <laughs> and so, in the book, it said uh, uh, you have to get a, a comedy partner. And so, <laughs> the book was written by two guys. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, um, Abbott and Hardy. Abbott and Hardy. So I, I, I put my name out for uh, to solicit for a comedy buddy, and um, somebody responded to me. And uh, uh, this person says, uh, hey, we're doing an open mic tonight. Why don't you come? I go, well, I don't think I'm ready yet. So he goes, oh, come on, come on. You can just watch. And if you feel like it, you can get up on stage. So I said, okay, so what's the address? And so he gives me the address. And uh, I go, okay, I'll be there. And so I went and asked my wife if she wanted to go. She said, yes. And I thought, perhaps I should see where we're going. So I looked up the address. I Googled the address. Turned out to be Sapphire's Gentleman's Club. Oh, club. I played there. I played there. The fine, the fine establishment. Fine establishment. And I'm thinking, I don't, I can't take my wife here. That's kind of like <laughs> taking prime rib to a buffet. And so I said, uh, she goes, hell yeah, I'm going. So we went. 
and I met my comedy buddy for the first time there. <laughs> and um, so uh, it was it was Isaac. So um, I'm sitting there and he kept pushing me saying, oh, you can do it. You can do it. So I got up and I did my uh, my routine and I got a lot of laughs and the rest is history. But it was I, I, in my resume now, I can say that my first I bit I, I broke my first tooth on uh, ah, comedy. You, you broke your cherry. I the, broke my cherry. You broke your cherry. Club. Congratulations! If you've never been there to Sapphire's Comedy Night, it's a great, great facility. It's it's in a gentleman's club, but um, it's not where the the ladies perform. You go in the you go in the main door, go down this hallway. Off to the left are all the stages where the ladies mm -hmm. are, but to the right is a theater, a two hundred seat theater yep. with full audio, visual, uh, sound, the whole thing and a stage and they put on some great production mm -hmm. there. So if you're in town and you want to see a really good show, go over to Sapphire's Comedy Comedy yep. Hour. It's on Saturday night. Saturday night, eight o'clock. Saturday night, eight o'clock. Yeah. It was yep. great. So that's how I cut my first comedy. There you tour. Go. Good start. <laughs> cool. Yeah. How about you? So my story it, it was before I did stand up. It was like I don't know, maybe two thousand eight. Went to see a show at the comedy cellar with my ex wife and uh, you know, it, it was like uh, 12, like, I saw the, what, the 11 o'clock show, 10.30 show, and then it ended at midnight, right? And then, you know, the host comes up, he goes, oh, we have a special guest tonight. All of a sudden, you know, Dave Chappelle comes on. Yikes. And this Yikes. is when he was in, you know, he, when he was in hiding, right? Wow. So 2008. And so um, he goes, he takes a stool, and he goes, yeah, I'm just going to sit here, tell a few jokes for the next four hours. Yeah. Literally for the next four did, hours, I was at the comedy yeah. cellar with my ex-wife. You know, uh, probably why she became my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the comedy. Four hours of anything. <laughs> but 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 no, it was interesting because my ex-wife is Filipino, and yeah. he he talked about his Filipino wife and uh, takes the Philippines yeah. and his uh, kids. And then so cool. so after the show, I go outside the comedy cellar. This is in uh, in the village in, in New York City, and I'm standing outside. And Dave Chappelle comes outside to, for a smoke, right? And like for the next two hours, he starts talking to me. And this is like the night before. Uh, it was like Thanksgiving Eve, uh -huh. you know, 2008. Yeah. And just oh, cool. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I like comics like that, you know, that, that yeah. actually just talk, talk to you like a regular people. person. Right? Yeah. 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 No airs, no bullshit. No airs at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, That's what uh, I like. Yeah. That's what I was like, Robin. He's just like a regular cat. Man. He's talking, yeah. Oh, I do it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I like that. So that's great. Somebody's yeah. regular, you know, yeah. they're up there, you know, popularity wise, but they're cool, you know. Yeah. They stay cool. So, um, you know, Stephen, like if you could tell somebody that wants to get into stand up huh. comedy, like what kind of advice would you give them? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't. It's a different age, man. Don't do it. If you're lucky, you'll you know you you get on YouTube and get a few videos and might go viral like with 25 views and. Uh, I don't. If I had a child and they wanted to, Daddy, I want to be a comic. No, you won't. Said, <laughs> when, gonna, when did you start? I did my. I went on stage for the first time on Friday, May twentieth, nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. Elvis wow. was alive, and Son of Sam was on the loose. I was uh, a young man, and I thought I had a future in this business. Where, where did you? Uh, New York, at the School of Visual Arts. I went to. Oh, I want to be a cartoonist. I was a cartoonist. And I was. I want to. I want to be a professional cartoonist, and I was studying that there. And they had a talent show, and that was always funny. I was like, "Well, you said you're the, the, the cut-up guy," so uh, I did. I just I went on. I had a few beers. I had a big barrel with ice and beers, and I was like, "Okay." And I, and I I went on, and I I don't remember what I did, but I killed. Uh -huh. And I I just everything I said got like applause breaks and everything. I couldn't believe it. They go, 
and I won the first prize, which is a $25 McDonald's gift certificate, which <laughs> I have not received to this day. So 43 years later. But uh, I go, this is easy, man. This is sweet. Just getting those left. So well, I'm going to just start doing this in the clubs around the city. So I went to uh, the improv to do it one Sunday when they had open mic night. Uh-huh. And the show's at 8. Well, I'll go at 7 and show up. And I, the line was already about a block 40 times. Well, I better show up at noon next time. I've learned something. <laughs> So I go to the comic strip, which is up north, yeah. which is on the, what was it? I don't know, it was uptown. Like 78. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I went on, I just did what I, the same thing I did that killed at the school. I was like, bombs away, man. Just, well, I go, whoa, I guess it's not that easy. But the, yeah. uh, but I knew I killed, and I knew I could kill again, so I just kept doing it. If I had bombed the first night, I'd give up easy. I probably never would have done it again. I probably would have gotten yeah. some, like, thankless job and, yeah. Come in with like an old machete one day. I can't take it anymore. So, <laughs> I'm not what daddy wanted. I'm not what daddy wanted. So, but uh, it worked <laughs> out the first time. So I just kept doing it. And I kept doing I started doing well. And I hit the improv again. I went there at noon and waited all line. I got a good spot. And I killed that night. And uh, it was just, and then uh, in 79, I just moved to San Francisco. I wanted to move there because I visited in 76. Uh-huh. Fell in love with the place. So I saved my pennies in 79 and moved to San Francisco. Coincidentally, there was like a major comedy boom starting to happen in yeah. like 79, right. 80. And then this guy, Alex Bennett, who was a big morning guy in New York, big radio guy in New York, was the morning guy in San Francisco. And he started pushing comics. He like, lucky for me, I was one of them. So I became a star in three area codes. And he had to plug a show on his show and it'd sell out. So, you know, that worked out and things wow. were building and building and building. And I met Robin and I met Sam Kennison and he came with me, blah, 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 blah. And one thing led to another. And I moved to LA and blah, blah, blah. And I've been starving ever since. So, uh, but uh, no, I just, I just, I rode the wave at the, the, I was just there at the right time, right place, right time. So, yeah. So, so those are great experiences. Tell us about the biggest bomb that you. Oh, where do I start? I've got a great story. <laughs> uh, I had, I had lots of them. <laughs> What's the one that's most memorable to you? The first time I went on, as I told you about it, the, the comic strip, because oh. I, I had already killed it. <laughs> I'm so good. And and uh, let's see. Uh, oh, there was a uh, oh, <laughs> I had the comedy competition. I think in '85. And uh, in San Francisco, they had a comedy competition every year. And uh, an evil monster, you wanted to see your friend's bomb. It was horrible. And uh, there was San Jose. I never did well in San Jose for some reason. I never would do well, but uh, I. Uh, Isn't that I, weird? There's some places I, or I just, clubs never or did cities well. yeah. where you where just, it just. It, it was, just I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it on, man. Yeah. And it, I went on. It was, it was a like, big old place, like a big auditorium, and just nothing, nothing. I'm all of them sweating, nothing, nothing. And uh, just <laughs> like this kind of like Citizen Kane applause. Luckily, there were some radio people as judges and they liked me. So I came in the top five. So after Bobby, they talk about Stephen Pearl, I come out and I heard a, oh, you know, I gasped out of him. How the fuck did he get in Lynchville? But I, I went out there. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. How about you, Isaac? What's your biggest bomb? Biggest bomb. So I don't know if it was so much a bomb. I went to uh, in Planet Hollywood. They have this uh, this bar slash billiards place, and then there was a stage in the back there, and they had comedy shows there like two twice a week or something. So this was I don't know maybe seven eight years ago. So I went in. Uh, I'm bombing on stage, and someone says something. Right, uh, it heckles me, and you know I remember who was it? I think it was a Geechee guy said something. Had, had a good comeback, ah. right? And I remembered that comeback. And so he said something about my set. I said, you know, listen, 
you know, stop stop trying to do my job because I don't go to Seven Eleven and change the Slurpee machine over there. You know, like, yeah. and then everybody. I mean, it was yeah. an all black crowd. Yeah. Everybody went nuts. Yeah. They got out yeah. there just like dancing. <laughs> I, I tried to tell my next joke, yeah. and they wouldn't let me. Yeah, and because they were laughing so hard, uh -huh. clapping and stuff, and so I just dropped the mic and I left. There you go. <laughs> Perfect action. I uh. My worst one was uh, we were we had a show uh, a regular show at this uh, Russian restaurant and it was noisy and the Russian people wouldn't stop talking <sighs> so you're trying to do your set with all these Russian people talking and you're thinking are they KGB <laughs> I think I think I, uh, I think I I think I insulted two of the girls they were extremely beautiful and I asked them if they were red sparrows you know the red sparrows that's uh, the that's the Russian KGB women that, that oh, okay. they offer up themselves for, bottle to find out your secrets. <laughs> so, um, but that was, oh man, I, it was a bad time. It, it, it was difficult at that time to continue on with your set when you're not getting any uh -huh. any kind of positive feedback. Oh, sure. Yeah. We, we live on, we live for feedback. So, you know. It, but that that was probably the, one that's most memorable for me. Oh, yeah. I've had those. I had a guy, uh, I did a show in, uh, in Calgary in, yeah, it was in Calgary, Canada, and destroyed. There's a big club, and, but there was one guy whose wife was crying. She was like, ran out, and the guy was huge. He wanted to beat me up into the show. I'm like, destroying everyone, loved me. So, and uh, were like, you picking on her? No, I didn't. I didn't even know who she was. She was in the back somewhere. I didn't pick on her. I was just doing my set. But this is offending me. This is... And the guy, so they had security like just like surrounded me and took me out of back eggs. Like, what the, oh what the fuck is this all about? Man? It was like jokes, wow. you know. Like it's not like I made a speech, you know. It's pretty much all right. You know? but this, <laughs> I was doing my stand-up set. On the other side of the coin, audiences are are very interesting, as I've discovered. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a big crowd and you're not getting any feedback. Best night that I ever had was at uh, was at the, the Tickle Me Comedy Club. There were five people in the audience. It was like a Wednesday night or something like that. That audience was the best audience oh, sure, ever. Man. They were engaged. They were laughing. Uh -huh, they sure. were, it was better than... Oh, yeah. Like the next night, I think we had the, like a full house. And they weren't near it. Yeah, sure. Huh? But the, and that's really encouraging. Sure, size doesn't you know, always matter. It's the energy. Size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. It's the energy. That's not what you don't matter. That's right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I've, I've had kick-ass shows like three, four people in the audience. And you come up with new stuff and you're bouncing around. I know. Around. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it, if, you're, if you're like me, if you have a small audience like that, you can you can do some freelancing. Yeah, Based sure. upon how they're reacting. Yeah, to what you're exactly. Saying. Sure. Right? Sure. So you young comics out there, if you get out there and there's not that many people in the audience, don't say, I'm leaving. You get out no, there and entertain them. They yeah. came, they showed up to see you and they could be the best audience you've ever had. So. There's a, there's lots of stories of comics that every night they'd be out and there might be only be one guy smoking uh -huh. in the audience, but they just kept at it. And that's yeah, the, that's sure. the key, I think. Right yeah, now. don't give up. So, you know, no. just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. So, you know, you know, make a thousand people laugh. You can make three people laugh. It'd be easier to make a thousand people laugh. So, it do it, man. So, yeah. What's the what's the motto? Making people laugh one joke at a time. One joke at a time. <laughs> changing cha changing people's lives. One yes, laugh yeah. at a time. <laughs> one laugh at a time. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that's that. it. Very cool. And uh, I think that's it for the podcast too. <laughs> so, <laughs> changing lives one laugh at a time. Yes. Changing lives one so, laugh at a time. So, um, Stephen, where can people find you? At home. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find? Well, you see me at the Tickle Me Club, July second, third, and fourth. 
and uh, hopefully at the Sapphire when they open again, and uh, I don't know, <laughs> tell me, I don't know, and things got to open up, and they got to start booking us again. So. Do you have stuff online that they can? Uh, oh, I got a whole series. I got a thing called Tony Bennett's Hand, which is quite humorous. Look up Tony Bennett's Hand on YouTube. I think you like it because Tony Bennett's hand likes to sing and swing. Whoa, 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 yeah. And I have an old podcast show. It's resting right now. It's in hiatus, but it's still up there. It's interviews with Robin Williams and Johnny and Edgar Winter and Tom Dreesen and Dom O'Reilly, all kinds of great comics. It's called Rifferendum, R-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-D-U-M.com. Rifferendum, check it out. Lots of fun. And uh, there you go. That's terrific. That's terrific. I'm Isaac Israel. You could uh, find me on all the social media platforms. Um, and I'm uh, Dylan Dillagap. And you can find me through Tickle Me Club. Uh, we're, we uh, have the Blue Zone Comedy Tour. And the Blue Zone Comedy Tour is uh, highlighting uh, comics with disabilities, trying to get them out and seen. And also, um, it's been sitting here on the desk. I wanted to share my mask. So everybody should be wearing their mask. <laughs> If you're not, you're not being, you're not being American. Oh, American. Well, you look like a doctor. <laughs> That's, uh, okay. A mad scientist. We're going to operate on your act right now. <laughs> We're going to dissect that. <laughs> so Dil I, I am Dylan Dillagaff. And uh, if you haven't heard before, my, my last name is actually an acronym. D-I-L-L-I-G-A-F stands for Do I Look Like I Give a Fuck? <laughs> and I'm Isaac Israel because uh, Isaac in Hebrew means he who laughs and Israel is uh, Jewish and I want to become a producer in Hollywood. I don't know. But um, but OK, so we want to thank the cutting board also for having us right. because we're trying to visit different restaurants and here in Vegas that, you know, you guys can check out. You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken is going to be next. And, uh, Ooh, KFC, Colonel's uh, Dead Bird. I want to go to In N Out. Yeah. We're going to Corporal <laughs> Flanders, Kansas Royal Chicken. For right. <laughs> it's a knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the horizontal blue and black stripes. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've been uh, Isaac Israel, and, and we want to thank you for joining us yep. during our first, uh, uh, during our inaugural Tickle Me Comedy Club podcast.